This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Now, it said there in Revelation 21.4, it said there in Revelation 21.4 that there would be no more sorrow, sorrow, Sorrow's a pretty rough thing to have, sorrow. I mean, if there's one word that describes the Lord Jesus Christ as he approached his death, as it, and, and especially when he got to that Garden of Gethsemane from which he was arrested, it's the word sorrow, a sorrow. In Matthew 26, 37, describes him coming to that Garden of Gethsemane, coming to that, that place from which he'd be arrested. In Matthew 26, 37, it says, he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then he saith unto them, my soul is exceeding sorrowful even unto death. And then he said, he turned to his father and he said, oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. Again, we go back and we think about John uh, about Daniel 9.26, Daniel 9.26, not for himself, not for himself. Those sorrows that he felt were not his sorrows. In Isaiah 53.4, as it says, he carried our sorrows. He carried our sorrows. Think of, just think of all the time when you've been really sad, really had sorrow, sorrow of the heart, deep sorrow of the heart. And now just think, all those sorrows being put on him, him carrying all those sorrows because he carried our sorrows. It kind of takes the edge off of sorrows. And, and when we go through sorrows, knowing that he took all our sorrows, it sort of keeps us away from the cliff of despair, the cliff of falling over into a state of absolute depression and despair. When we realize the Lord Jesus carried our sorrows, like the hymn we sang a few weeks ago, Come ye disconsolate, and at the end of each one of those uh, stanzas in that hymn, it says, earth has no sorrow that heaven cannot cure. Earth has no sorrow that heaven cannot heal. Earth has no sorrow 
that heaven cannot remove. Why? Why is that? Why does earth have no sorrow that heaven cannot heal or cure or, or remove? Because of Isaiah 53, 4. Because he carried our sorrows. And, 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 and those sorrows were heavy. They were heavy on him. So, heavy, so much heavy that in the verse before, in Isaiah 53, 3, Isaiah 53, 3, it says he is despised and rejected, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. You know, we read that, it's so easy to kind of read over it. He was despised, rejected, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. We hid as our word, face our, as it were, our faces from him. We kind of like, it's easy to gloss over it. So the hymn writer has to take us and say, wait a minute, stop, dead in your tracks right here. I want you to think about that title. And he writes a hymn, Man of Sorrows. What a name for the Son of God who came. Now, he gets to the Garden of Gethsemane. He tells Peter and John that he's so full of sorrows that he could die. And what he accomplished by bearing our sorrows was the cure for our sorrows. By his death, he accomplished the cure of our sorrows. And then what we need when we're, when we're full of sorrow, we need comfort. We need comfort. And so he said in John 16, 7, John 16, 7, nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it's expedient for you that I go away, and that would be through death. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. When he died, he rose again, and then he sent the comforter, who is the Holy Ghost, to take away our sorrows. And as Eric said, we don't have to wait 50 days for him to come, which, by the way, 50, day, 50 days from Passover is when the Holy Spirit was given. You remember what happened 50 days from the first Passover? The first Passover back in Sinai, the first Passover in Egypt. You remember what happened? I just gave it away. <laughs> okay, because 50 days after the Passover was the giving of the law in Sinai. That's called Shavuot. Uh, that's called Pentecost or Shavuot. And so when, when Peter told this group, look, this is what you need to do. You need to repent of your sins. You need to be baptized. He put it this way in Acts 2.38, Acts 2.38. Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. The gift. Holy Ghost is a gift to us by his death. He gave us the gift of the cure for our sorrows, the great comforter who is the Holy Ghost. Now we got a big problem from our sins. We got a we got a we got it. There's an issue. And 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 it's not just that our sins have offended God, but another problem is our sins make us dirty. They just make us filthy inside. And, 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 and it's bad. And even when we try to put on our best performance to God, we try to really be righteous and say, well, what do you think about that, God? Then he says to us the words of Isaiah 64, 6. Isaiah 64, 6, or we say, well, we are all as an unclean thing, and all of our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. All of our best performance are as filthy rags. That's very depressing. That's a very depressing statement that even when we think we're being our best, our righteous, 
God says it's filthy, it's terrible. But it shows the depth of our problem, the depth of the dilemma, the uncleanness from our sins. That's a real problem. We can't get clean. We can't clean ourselves. We're helpless to clean ourselves. We can't do it. Then the Lord Jesus Christ steps in. In Revelation 1.5, Revelation 1.5, where it speaks about the Lord Jesus Christ, it says, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. In his own blood. I mean, can you think of a more intimate way of cleansing from sins than in his own blood? I mean, he was building up to this, and, he, and so he wanted to illustrate this to his disciples, and so he did something which in their minds was a shock, was scandalous, and this is almost what they, they wanted to say, now nobody tell anybody that he did this. This is outrageous. And it was in John 13, 4, John 13, 4, where it says, he riseth from supper and laid aside his garments and took a towel and gird himself. The towel was his clothes. After he poureth water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. I mean, they're shocked to see the Lord wrap himself in a towel and then wipe their dirty feet with the towel that he's wearing. I mean, this was a, there was like a protest. You know, it, it, your clothes are getting dirty with our feet. How much more when it's not his clothes that's cleansing them, but his own blood that's cleansing from sin? And that's the song. That's the statement, rather, of, of those who are in heaven in Revelation 7.14. Revelation 7.14, it, it, it says, These are they which came out of great tribulation and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Now, we've got this scene before us. It's a remarkable scene in Zechariah 13.1. Zechariah 13.1 is a scene of a fountain for sin and uncleanness, it's opened up like for the first time, like for the Jewish people. And it says that in Zechariah 13, 1, in that day there shall be a fountain. That's nice. There shall be a fountain. You know, in that day there shall be a fountain. You know, we sing today, there is a fountain filled with blood. Anyway, it says here, in that day there shall be a fountain open to the house of David and to the inhabitants of Israel for sin and uncleanness. That's a fountain, oh, wonderful fountain that that is. There is a fountain filled with the blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sinners plunged. I love that word, plunged. Maybe it's because I would make such a big splash, I don't know. Plunged beneath its flood, lose all their guilty stains. It really expresses that hymn, expresses the cost not a fountain filled with water. It's a fountain filled with blood drawn from his veins. By his death, he gave us this fourth gift of the cleansing of our sinfulness. The cleansing of our sinfulness. Now, we're cleansed. That's great. We've got our sinfulness gone. That's great. But our, what are we going to wear? I mean, our best righteousnesses are as filthy rags. I mean, it's sort of like Adam and Eve, you know, after they sinned, and they sewed together fig leaves. How pathetic. Fig. 
Fig leaves dry out. <laughs> Fig leaves crumble. <laughs> Fig leaves, they're no good. And so God looked at them and said, those fig leaves that you made, they're really pathetic. They're going to dry up. They're going to shrivel. They're going to crumble. You need some real clothes. I'll make you some real clothes. Let me clothe you with the skins from animals. And then it says in Genesis 3.21, Genesis 3.21, amazing verse, unto Adam and also to his wife, did the Lord God make coats of skins and clothe them. Can you imagine? He didn't say, you need some clothes. Wait, Joe, which one of you are good at skinning and tailoring? Come over here, do this. No, he said, he did it. He did it himself. And in the same way, the Lord Jesus Christ clothes us with his righteousness. As it says in Isaiah 61.10, Isaiah 61.10, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God, for he hath clothed me with the robe with the garments of his salvation, he hath covered me with the robe of righteousness. The robe of his righteousness, his righteousness. That's why there's coming a day when on the horses there'll be these bells in Jerusalem and it'll be engraved on there. Adonai Tzitkenu, the Lord our righteousness. The Lord our righteousness. And it says in Romans 7.18, Romans 7.18, I know, I know in me dwells no good thing, for to will is present, but how to perform I know not. It says that in Romans 7.18. The verse before it says, for by one man's offense death reign, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness. Gift of righteousness. Our new clothing all came by his death. By his death, he gave us this fifth gift of his righteousness to clothe us. Now we got another problem. See, we got a lot of problems. We got another problem, and it's a plague that we have. It's a plague that we have before we're saved, and it's a plague that we have after we're saved. And it's described in Isaiah 53. So it's described in Isaiah 53, 6, where it says, all we like sheep have gone astray We've turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. So what's the problem? What's the disease? It's waywardness. It's strayfulness. That's not even a word. But it's a, it's a desire to stray. We just got it. We got it in our blood. You know, it, 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 we, we just feel this, always feel this tug, this tug to go your own way. Who wants to live a life in submission and obedience to anyone? Break out, be free, free Willie, free. <laughs> and we feel, we feel what the hymn writer said when he's, the hymn writer wrote, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Now, there's only one solution for that. There's only one solution. David said it in Psalm 119, verse 176. Psalm 119, verse 176. David said, I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek thy servant. Seek thy servant. The solution to our waywardness is the Lord to come after us. And he does come after us. He comes after us in many ways. And when he does, he brings us back, as it says in 1 Peter 2.25, 1 Peter 2.25, you were a sheep going astray, but now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of your souls. You were a sheep going astray. That's our description. 
That's who we are, Isaiah 53, 6. And when it says that, 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 that we are returned to the shepherd and bishop of our souls, means we turned around. You know the word in Hebrew for repent? It's tshuva. Tshuva means to return. You know, if you were in Israel and someone left your house and they, they left their cell phone at your house, you'd, you'd call, well, you couldn't call them with a cell phone. They have to leave something else. <laughs> they left their keys, I don't know, whatever. And, and you call them on the cell phone and you would say, tshuva, tshuva, return, return. That's repentance. That's repentance. Return unto the, the shepherd and bishop of your soul. So how did that happen? How does that happen that he comes after us? It says in Matthew 18, 11, Matthew 18, 11, the Son of Man has come to save that which is lost. Then he goes on to say, how think ye? If a man have a hundred sheep and one of them be gone astray, doth he not leave the ninety and nine and goeth into the mountains and seeketh that which is gone astray? What repentance looks like for a person is to just say, I've had enough. I've had enough of myself. I've had enough of my rebellious ways. I've had enough of my own thoughts of independence from God. And God says, really? God says, Isaiah 55, 7. Isaiah 55, 7. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return, tshuva, unto the Lord. And he will have mercy upon him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon all we like sheep have gone astray. That's our tendency. We've turned everyone to his own way. That's our disease. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all, and then he died with all the, our iniquity on him. In his death, he gave us this sixth gift, which is the defeat of our straying, the defeat of our straying. Now, we got another problem. And that is that our sins created a legal record. They created a legal, rec a legal record of all of our sins, and that was a record that called for justice. And there's nothing that we could do. We couldn't, we couldn't, we couldn't do enough good works to get it off there, to remove them off of the record of our sins. We couldn't, we couldn't do anything to expunge it, to have it taken off. But when the Lord Jesus Christ died for our sins, then what happened was Isaiah 43.25. Isaiah 43.25 says, I, even I, am he that blotteth out thy transgressions for my own name, my own sake, and will not remember thy sins. It's like, when he says, I, even I, can't you picture that for the Jewish people? The, their estranged brother, the Lord Jesus Christ. The, 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 the Jewish people today are like Joseph's brothers in Canaan after they first thought about killing him, then they sold him as a slave. They would just rather not think about him, speak about him. They don't want to be related to him anymore. They don't want to hear that name Joseph anymore. They are estranged from him. And then they're forced to come down. It's a wonderful history. To get bread. And then came that day when he unmasked. Isn't that a popular word today? Unmasked, he unmasked himself and he said, Ani Yosef, I am Joseph, who you sold into Egypt. Can you imagine the shock? <laughs> and so here in Isaiah 43 25, just picture the, the Lord saying, Ani Yeshua, I am Jesus, whom you crucified. And then in Isaiah 43 25, I 
Even I, you, Jesus, even I, Jesus, am he that blotteth out thy transgressions and will rem not remember your sins anymore. You know, it's gonna be like, uh, you remember Peter? Peter, when he was there in the, in, the, in, in, in the trial, and there were those those who came to him and said, aren't you that one? Wait, do, don't you have that accent? I, didn't I see you with him? Aren't you, don't I remember? And he was like, no, 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 you know, nothing, right? It, that will never happen with us. The Lord will never turn to us like those people and say, aren't you that one that did this? Don't I remember you? Do? No, he says, I will remember your sins no more. It's over. In his death, he gave us this seventh gift of removing the record and the memory of our sins. But when we sinned, we sold ourselves into the state of sin. And we had to be bought, we had to be redeemed to get out of state. We didn't have enough, we couldn't buy ourselves. We couldn't buy ourselves. But what it says he did in Acts 20, 38, Acts 20, 28. Acts 20, 28, it says, take heed therefore unto yourselves to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost had made you overseers to feed the church of God which he hath purchased with his own blood. The church of God which he purchased with his own blood. Peter, Peter goes on in, in 1 Peter 1.18, and he says, for as much, 1 Peter 1.18, as much as you know, you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold <clears throat> from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood. You were redeemed with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. This is the song. This is the song that the redeemed sing in Revelation 5.9. Revelation 5.9, they sang a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred, tongue, people, and nation. By his death, he gave us the eighth gift of our redemption. You know, all of our needs come down to one great need. We need to go to heaven. We need safe passage to heaven. And it says in 1 Peter 3.18, 1 Peter 3.18, Christ who also once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God. He might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh. When we all get to heaven, when we're all safely there, we're gonna say, there's only one reason that we're here. I mean, I know the hymn says, when we all get to heaven, we'll sing and shout the victory. But we're also gonna say, 1 Peter 3.18, Christ hath also suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God by his death. The ninth gift is bringing us safely to heaven. So we make ourselves ready now for communion, which means that we remember these things. We remember his death, especially remember these gifts, and we're grateful for them, as we remember that by his death, he gave us the gift of eternal life, the gift of the cure of our sicknesses, the gift of the comfort for our sorrows, the gift of the cleansing for our sins, the gift of our clothing in his righteousness, the gift of the defeat of our straying, the gift of the re removal and rememory of a record of our sins, the gift of redemption, and the gift of our safe passage to heaven. Let's pray. Lord, help us to keep in mind, the great cost for all these gifts that you gave us, 
out of your abundance of grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California. Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program was brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.